Welcome back to another episode of the Excellence Cartel. Today, it is a blood, sweat, and gear takeover. We have Scott McNally and Skip Hill joining us. Skip's uh, has had about 22 minutes and 38 seconds of technical difficulties to get on, but we managed to uh, get it get it worked through. But um, real quick, Skip, I'm going to turn it to you. How's your last uh, week been, buddy? You're in prep and and you're looking mighty fine and, and dried. So what's going on down there? XOXO. Mm, Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, well, during the technical difficulties, I was hospital for at least half of that time. So there's that. You know, I'm good. I mean, it's just, it's typical shit at this point. I'm depleted. I have zero patience and I'm 50 years old. I got no patience anyway. So there's that. Just prep. It just is what it is. So, you know. <laughs> what, what show are you aiming for? The, um, the geriatric division of the um, the show that is, I live on Fifth Avenue here in Flagler Village, so I'm going to do the Fifth Avenue Flagler Village geriatric. No, I'm going to do the camp extravaganza. Uh, I'm I'm actually doing it only because I need to qualify for the um, North Americans for the over fifty. I want to stand with. You know the the some of the best fifty year old um, you know competitors in that in that division and and I don't know if I'm going to get my ass kicked. I think I can be competitive, but but we'll see. So I got five uh, about five weeks to the Tampa Extravaganza, which is a pretty big show down here, and um, then five more weeks to North Americans. So, well, hell yeah, I'll be at that show, Skip. I got a couple pros going. I think it's the same. There's a pro part of that, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be down there. I already booked it. So I'll kind of guys from Colorado there. Um, you know, Dorian Haywood and of course Adam Young and Brett and and, and just a lot of people that I'll know and I key I apologize, I have to do something with this phone because it keeps sliding. Um so yeah, I'm kind of excited. Matt Cooper's gonna be there. Him he and I are gonna have breakfast next morning at Evelage because you know I'm a foodie, it is what it is. So it'd be kind of nice to sit down with him over some French toast and shoot the shit. Nice. Awesome. Sue, how's your last week been? I saw that picture of you on a camel and immediately thought the Asian Arnold. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. My, my last seven days have been great because I am on vacation right now. And a lot of people listening to this are thinking, Jeff, isn't your life usually like vacation? So, <laughs> yes, I am taking a vacation from my vacation. I want to say thank you so much to all my clients out there who have not emailed me or DM'd me once since I asked them not to. They're the, they're the real winners. that. Uh, three of you did DM me and email me, and I will not be responding to your asses. Take a hundred cards out. Fuck them. I still love you guys. But hey, <laughs> Take you know what? Cards out. I went to I went to the zoo. I rode a camel, and I didn't break its back. Did it spit on you? It didn't spit on me. Nice. No, that's. Uh, I, I was gonna make a joke about that, but we'll leave that off uh, the card. Yeah, out. sensitive world right now. Let's uh, <laughs> right. carry on, carry on. And I saw the Goonies at a drive-in um, movie. That's theater. one of my favorite movies. Hell yeah! It's a great movie. Yeah, That's and um, what else? Oh, tonight I am attending a uh, license to carry class, so I'm gonna get my uh, my uh, firearms license. Sweet. So it'll be cool because like there are like a lot of like wild turkeys that like follow me on my walks. So I'm hoping I can protect myself against them, you know, in the morning. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sue's in jail in Massachusetts for a weapons violation in the first four hours. Of I have a lot of firearm. like how, like where you can discharge a firearm. Like if someone looks at you the wrong way at the grocery store, can you kind of like pull up your shirt and just be like, I want to sit in class with no. you. 
No. <laughs> but life is great, Jeff, as, as usual. I think nice. they tell you if you pull it, you better be ready to use it. Yeah. Yeah, it's brandishing. You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll listen to this. I'll take Skip's advice on that. I'm just not going to walk around like Skiff's, like throwing the gun up on top of his dashboard <laughs> with his Bronco. Fuck you for cutting me off, you know. I'm just looking at people menacingly. I'm thinking it's like Romeo must die again. Oh, Jet Li coming out of nowhere to give like a spinning head kick. Scott, how's your last seven days been? Hey, what's up, guys? I'm doing good, man. I, uh, I've been, I'm the opposite of Skip, where Skip's like all depleted down. I am eating food and, and putting on size. I'd like to, I'd like to call it muscle. It's, uh, that's, that's, you know, to be, to be determined later. But um, I, stopped, uh, I stopped like really trying to grow for a long time, focusing on all the podcasts and on my clients and everything. So I'm actually heavier this week than I've been since like 2014, 2013. So I feel good. I feel good. Yeah, I saw a recent picture of you. I was like, oh, Scott, beefcake. Put you ah. in Mr. January for sure. <laughs> Minus the the bloated face. You know, I feel like I'm, <laughs> you feel like you're fat when you're used to being lean all the time. And I'm not really fat, but you know, you feel like it sometimes. Geez. Yeah, I know it is. So that's yeah. all the good stuff. What about uh, what's going on with the podcast? How's that been? You guys are killing it. We're doing, yeah, we're, we're doing good. We got, we have a new show with uh, Lee Priest called uh, Renegade Muscle and uh, he's a trip. He's, that dude is so cool. And I, I was honestly nervous the first time that I talked to him because I hadn't talked to Lee before. You know, and I, you, you do these podcasts long enough, you've gotten to talk to everybody, like all my idols and like Lee, I was still like, man, I think I'm going to be a little nervous to talk to this guy. But he turned out to be really cool, you know, just like average guy, you know, just nice, easy to talk to. And, uh, you know, we're, we're having fun. John Meadows was on last week with uh, Ron and Dusty for It's Just Bodybuilding. I'm doing a new project with um, – and this one isn't one that I think is going to be like a big, a big hit. Like we aren't getting a ton of views. But I'm doing what I'm calling the Road to North Americans. And each week I'm featuring a different athlete that's getting ready for the show. And most of these guys, people don't really know who they are unless you're really, you know, a fan of the sport. Um, But it's cool because I remember like, you know, 2009, I used to watch, you know, like all the RX muscle stuff and all the MD videos that that Dave Palumbo used to do. And I just, I like, I would get excited. So I want to try to do the same kind of thing, build some excitement up for the 2020 season and uh you know get to get to know the different personalities and the guys out there that are going to be in the show that way when the show comes it's like you know who you want to root for and you know who's done what and you, you know you have some backstory to it so i'm having fun with cool. that it's, it's like a, a passion project yeah. i think that's something the industry needs man it's yeah. kind of like what we do with some of the stuff with tc and the new coaches so i kind of get that yeah yeah that a lot that's awesome that. jason how have you been my sunshine that that shirt just looks great on you well I mean, you know, you know, there's some th- personal things going on, and I'm really not ready to divulge it. Um, it's probably been the most stressful week of my life, waking up at like three o'clock, just you know, your heart pounding, and mm. so you know. Um, but things are always going to get better, and um, I always say I'm kind of like a cat, I just land on my feet, man. So everything's going to be all right. It's just, uh, and I'm not ready to really announce what's going on, but personal things, and. Um, but you know, uh, other than that, I'm I'm just clipping away, doing my work, getting my training in, and um, trying trying to stay sane. So it'll be nice to chat with you, uh, fine gentlemen here for the next hour to kind of divert my my thoughts. 
Oh, it's going to be a good one because it's all things testosterone. And I especially wanted Skip on here and needed Scott to corral him at times, I figured, because Skip's just a wild animal. Um, so my last seven days would be good. I actually did an IG live with Jamie last night, Jamie Pender. That was fun. Yeah, how'd that go? Dude, it was awesome. We ended up going an hour and a half. Like, it kicked right. us out. We had to go back in. We had a lot of – her and I gel well together. Yeah. Uh, Lauren Conlon and I did that leadership class Sunday yeah. night. So we got a lot of good reviews about that. And we're going to do one again in August. Um, besides that, I'm thinking about hiring a business coach so I can have someone kind of help me scale my online training and the gym, kind of see some different different ways of doing it. I can be honest and admit where I'm at my leadership journey in my circle, I'm a little stuck. So I'm kind of like, eh, rather than just kind of let everyone else suffer because of my stuckness, I'll get out of my stuckness and get going yeah. forward. Um, but with that said, I got a few little housekeeping notes. We have a new sponsor. Or our first sponsor ever, actually, uh, Amino Asylum. Yeah. Um, so that's who we recommend for our L-carnitine that we pretty much whore out until everyone inject. And I hope Skip's doing like six cc's a day of it. Um, <laughs> if you are, it's TEC15, Skip, just to let you know. So if you're a listener, it's uh, TEC15 and AminoAsylum.com. They have a lot of other good products, too, though. Like they yeah. have injectable SR, like the SARMs, like the mm-hmm. SR9, South9, really kind of world availability very well but they got a lot of cool little like niche type products there so definitely check them out yeah i'm excited to have someone that we can refer people to that we actually use the quality and kind of like get along with it and i've always thought that that was bullshit when i heard it on podcast but i'm like nah because we were talking he's like so what makes you interested i'm like honestly like jason and i and jeff have been using your stuff so it's kind of like it made sense rather than just keep referring it out everywhere else um, the other thing is we have PC Denver coming up October yeah. 16th and 17th. We announced in the last episode that we are going to bring on three up and coming coaches who want to present Friday night. Um, if you guys want to do this, I need you guys to message me directly and give me, uh, get my email address. You guys need to email me your resume and a heavy outline of what you want to present in a PowerPoint form because me Jeff and Jason are going to get on a zoom and review these for an hour and pick our three coaches. So if you're an up and coming coach and you can get to Denver to present, you guys will be presenting Friday night and the main coaches will present Saturday. It's a great time. We're hoping to get some coaches experience, uh, get for everyone or gotten for anyone. However, word you want to I'm just having one of those moments now. All right, guys, so we have some technical difficulties. So speaking of reviews, if you guys love what you hear today, please tag us, please share it. But I also want to address something in the reviews. Recently, we received a review that said we were great, but dot, 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 and it managed to lay and take particular aim to a certain coach and their brand. Um, In all honesty, I really didn't care for it um, because I've met this individual and this individual is always trying to learn and grow. And as a prep coach, every one of us on this podcast has done preps before. And some of it is you're, you just have to push people really hard, really far. And some people don't recover. And that's just part of it. You know, it's just very, very hard. But if you have an issue with that, and you're, and you're rather than going around and saying certain coaches destroying competitors and, and just leaving their life and just the absolute Mayan ruins – Maybe talk to that coach and find out their side of it. Um, Sue, you brought up a good point when we talked about this off air to bring it up um, about compliance. You know, you don't know if that client is being compliant. You don't know a lot of different things. But uh, I know the individual that was, and I'd put my claim, my reputation that he's doing the best he can. And I think that's what all of us are trying to do. I don't think anyone hires a 
get, gets a client goes, Oh, I can't wait to fucking trash this client and leave them screwed up and just gets really that sadistic. So um, I don't know if you want to chime in anything on that, Sue or Jason. I mean, the only, the only thing I would say is that sure, there are coaches out there who may be less knowledgeable or less, um, you know, have less of a long run perspective than others. So that is true. Okay. But I think there are very, the percentage of people who are out there to just take people's money and cause harm without any care is very, 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 very small. The most, most part, people are trying their best. And when you hear stories about clients being pushed hard, you know, complaining that they were on 800 calories a day, doing two hours of cardio or whatever, a lot of times I found that that is exaggeration or that they were non-compliant on their plans so that the coach had to drop calories further and further to get results. And so they were eating on top of that 800 calories. So it was really like, you know, 1400, you know? So end of the day, people are trying their best and you can't, you know, just listen to one side of a story. You got to hear it both ways. And unfortunately, oftentimes both sides of the story is not available. So that's my piece there. <laughs> yeah. You know, and the only reason I even bring this up is because I see that as a problem in this industry is the coaches just, just there's a lot of shit talking that goes on. And I'm just like, look, if you don't like the way someone did your job, address it with them and move on. And we have a bunch of people who just run around and keyboard warrior all on IG land and everywhere else. And it's just not necessary. And in order to level up a leadership and, a, and the professionalism in the industry, you have to start setting standards. And I'm just one of those people like, we're probably going to bring on more guests that people don't like and that have heard horror stories about and probably heard horror stories about, you know, Jason killed me in one fucking prep, but guess what? I was, should have been first, but I got second because of a shitty leg. That is what that is. But I mean, I, we've all been there and I just thought it was in bad yeah, taste. <laughs> yeah. I'm all about that though saying we do great content. However, if you guys don't like some of the people we bring on, please get with one of us directly. No reason to kind of like just lambast that coach out there uh, where everyone can see because you're not hearing the whole side and we have personal relationships with some of them. So we know a different side of them. So just carry yeah. on and love each other. 2020 is already fucking hard enough. I mean, you know Jeff, I mean? people don't like me because I got last place at Junior USA's, but you know, fuck them. So are you going go to go give Skip a run for his money down in Tampa? I want you to jump in. No man, I, I don't. I, I'm still working on my hamstrings, you know. And I gotta work on my my beard too to bring yeah, up my beard. That beard's always gonna be a little patchy, I think, man. Yeah, no shit. So today's episode is all about testosterone. So the reason we have the all male expert panel, which is all gonna mansplain about testosterone and, and male problems um, is because we have a lot of questions from guys and we get questions of like, should I do for my first cycle 1000 milligrams of test with da, 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 da. And then we have the opposite spectrum of guys who have low testosterone in the hundreds, like 194 and they're scared to death to take TRT. So we want to kind of cover from all spectrums, kind of like, you know, from our coaching aspect to what we recommend for the clients that we work with and bodybuilding to men's physique all the way down to the weekend warriors or even just the average show that you might get who just wants to look better, feel better and kind of get part of their life back. So, or I'm going to kind of steer this ship and by me all means you guys be chaotic and rowdy with me. Cause I want to make sure that it is a total, total democracy of, well, fuck, I don't know. But anyway, um, where I want to jump with this is Jason, if you have a client male comes to you, bodybuilder he's been competing say five years yeah. let's just say he's always a regional guy okay yeah. just always like second place the bridesmaid and he's yeah. like 
look, I really think that the drugs are holding me back. I really think I need to do more and I really want to go to this next level. How do you have that conversation with them? And then Sue, I'm going to turn it to you for another one. We'll go from there. It's real simple. I mean, I, I look at their physique and I look what they've done. Like what, what, what drugs have you done? And then let's look at their physique and where are things lacking? Let's look at their training. Let's look at their diet. I mean, I examine it from every angle and usually there's enough gear there. It's just that nutrition isn't right. They're not getting peeled enough. So they're stuck. Like a lot of times to get to that next level and be good at it, you have to be shredded and you have to master that technique. And honestly, that's not always drugs. Yeah, trend helps, you know, with the carbs and everything, but it's really a mastery of getting everything right. And so a lot of times it's not really the answer, at least for me to go adding more drugs, it's to get everything else right, get in their digestion right, uh, look how they're sleeping. All these things really add up. And I know for myself, when I really started to put more emphasis on other things, I've made a huge progress doing just HRT really. Now I'm not saying that's right for everyone. If you're trying to get to the national level, I get it. You've got to push more, but I'm going to look at it from a holistic point of view rather than saying, Oh yeah, let's just bump your test to 1200. Let's put you on 700 trend. I mean, all these different cycles I see out there. Um, so that's my take on it. And that's how I'm going to approach it and go from there. And then I, you know, I do add things that help <clears throat> with androgen receptor and, and, and making the, the, the drugs that you do take go further. So I'm a big believer in the, in the injectable L-carnitine, you know that. And that upregulates the androgen receptors so that more uh, testosterone can seat within the androgen receptors as it flows through the body and the bloodstream. So, I, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to maximize. I, I'm, I'm not really one of those guys who push, push, push anabolics big time. If anything, a lot of guys that come to me, I'm taking anabolics out and I'm teaching them how to do a lot of the other things more properly. Now, let's just be candid. In the sport of bodybuilding, that's going to be seen as safe. How does that make you feel that co- people might label you as a safe Coach. It's already happened. I mean, people to say I'm a bikini coach, well, you know, won't it's fine. I, I don't care if you, I, if, if we don't jive together and have similar, you know, workings, go get a coach who wants to put you on 20, you know, I use of, you know, Lantus and, and a thousand milligrams of test and all this. That's not me. That's not the way I do things. So um, that's fine. I just won't be hired by that person. I am doing fine financially, so it doesn't matter, but that's how I do things. I look to optimize everything so that drugs don't have to be the, the be all end all. Jeff, before I turn it to you, I want to take it to Skip. Skip, mm-hmm. you're in the middle of prep and you get a lot of bodybuilders who work with you. How many clients do you onboard right out of the gate that you're the first thing you kind of maybe question is how much they are taking? Is it too much? Like, do you, do you have a, what's your pattern you go through of uh, qualifying and deducting what you need to work on first? Well, I mean, a lot of what, you know, Jason is saying, I think is the best way to approach it because if you don't have the training and the diet down, then those things need to be taken care of first. But you know, the large majority of people take too much shit. That's just the bottom line. However, I am going to be completely transparent and say that I'm taking significantly more gear for this prep than I've ever taken before. And I'd be lying if I said it didn't make a difference. Part of the reason I've done that, and you know, a couple of people have, uh, I don't want to say accuse me of being reckless, but the, basically saying, you know, you're 50, you've, you know, switched seven, eight years ago to being healthy, you know, as TRT for quite a while because of blood issues, things like that. Um, you know, why are you doing that? It's, it's so much more of a gamble than when you were younger. You know what? I'm doing it because this entire process for me, a big part of my passion is continuing to learn, 
and challenging myself. I've done a lot, and, and quite frankly, sometimes it gets boring. So to do the same thing over and over, it's always sat in the back of my mind, like it has a lot of other people. What happens? What if I, what if I just up my gear? I mean, I've been training for a long time. I got my diet down. I got my uh, training down. You know, I've been doing it for 35 years. So what the only thing that I haven't done is added more gear. And it's made a pretty, pretty good difference. So, you know, on the one hand, uh, it's tough to, you know, I don't want to be a do as I say, not as I do kind of guy. But I'm going to be honest, it just the, the, the changes and the difference is pretty dramatic. And I, you know, I do think to myself, damn, what if I had, what if I was 30 and I had three or four or five years to do this? Um, you know, which is probably a good thing that I don't. Uh, at the same time, going back to what Jason was saying about clients and, and, you know, what you allow them to do and things like that. You know, I, I take a similar approach, but there's one thing that's different. I think that anabolic use is a very personal decision. I always approach it with a client like this. I'm going to advise and I'm going to give as much information as I can to the client that is as neutral as possible, basically just FYI. And then from there, I like to make sure that basically they're making the decision as to how big they want to go. There's some people who just want to go big. And you know what, if they want to go big and they want to work with me, um, I'm able to, you know, I'm not a doctor and I don't pretend to be one on the internet, but I can also help to stay on top of them about, you know, their blood markers and things like that and, and, and tell them if they're out of what, you know, look, this is what you're doing and kind of keep them on track that way. But look, if ultimately someone has a personal decision that they want to load up on gear, that's a personal decision on them and I'm not responsible for that. Some people will feel that they are, but I don't because I didn't advise them to take a shit ton of gear. So I think sometimes you're just going to have those clients. I'd say by and large, large majority will listen. They, um, if you're experienced and your track record is there and your reputation, uh, I think they're going to trust. That's what they're paying you for. They trust your knowledge. They trust your experience and your track record. So, um, you know, I think they, they tend to listen a large majority of time. But if they don't and they want to go big, they can go big. Scott, I want to have you weigh in on that. What's your take on that? Um, I mean, I can see across the board, you know, everybody's perspectives here. I'd say that um, the, the only fear I would have about letting somebody, you know, go big would be how that may reflect on me later if that person were to get hurt, you know, and then they'd be like, oh, Scott had him running three grams. I'm like, but I just, I, it, but I guess you can't, at the end of the day, you can't really, you know, you can't really, um, you can't really be responsible for other people's actions. And no matter what, you know, if, if you go the other way, then you end up where, where Jason is, the bikini coach who, who doesn't have anybody on anything. So I guess, I guess you can't really spend too much time worrying about, you know, what other people are going to think. I'd say I'm just, yeah, me personally, I'm, I'd say a middle of the road kind of guy, you know, like you guys were saying, I, you know, the gear is going to help to an extent, but definitely I think that my job is the foundations, you know, the diet, the nutrition, knowing when to make the changes, knowing when to fill back up, knowing, knowing that you need to go another five days. Yes. It's okay to be that depleted because if we're going to reach this body fat, you're going to have to see some pain that you haven't seen before, you know? So I think that that's kind of where I try to put more of the weight and then the gear stuff, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be afraid to, to do what we have to do. Um, but I definitely would probably consider myself more on the, the moderate side. And by that, I think it's that looking at the people I've worked with, I think there's been more cases where I've pulled people back versus told them they should, you know, consider taking more. 
um, yeah, just overall, I, I can see where everybody's coming from. And I'd, I'd say that we probably all more or less are coming from a very similar position. Skip, I want to ask you a question. What's the percent of increase you, you've done? Like if you had to just say like 40%, 50%, 60% have you done um, in terms of your gear? And would you ever recommend it to a client? And if so, what would be the situation? I wouldn't recommend it. To be honest with you, I've had a lot of people ask me about specifics and I won't give it to them. And I don't want those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that because you asked me that. Um, but I have a feeling, you know, if anybody's listening to the podcast or they listen to BFG, uh, blood sweat gear then you know i get those questions through private messages and i won't i won't divulge that i will say this significantly like um and i've always been relatively moderate i mean i think you guys you know most of you know that and same with my clients so i back scott when he says that too um it, it was just my own curiosity it's almost like you know i don't want to say kind of a last hurrah because i'm gonna do this until uh, you know, I signed a DNR. I mean, it's, I'm going to, I'm going to do what I'm doing until I can't do it anymore, but I don't want to die tomorrow either. So uh, it's just a curiosity thing, but it's significantly more, um, you know, per, put a percentage on it. I don't even know. Um, but it's, it's up there. It's, it's up there and it's made, you know, pretty good different. Now, is it going to make this radical, you know, a physical appearance that you yeah, after training for 35 years that, that everybody's going to go, Oh my God, what's he doing? He's doing something so different. No. Mm, So in the end, can I say it was worth it as far as a cost to benefit? Uh, Possibly not, but boy, is it fun not doing the same shit and to be (laughs) able to, I'm putting up off season poundages coming off loads, not when I'm depleted, but I'm putting up off season poundages. I was putting up when I was 236 and I'm 204. So that doesn't happen with me. Some people hold their strength relatively well into preps. Me, shit, mine falls off a cliff. <laughs> so it's kind of a, kind of a new thing for me. Uh, I load, I fill out, I look retarded up closer, you know, to 220 and I'm, you know, 204 when I'm depleted right now. So there's a, there's a big, very stark contrast between what I look like depleted and what I look like full. And I don't look like a water buffalo when I'm up closer to 220, believe it or not. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a fun, different uh, thing. But by and large, like I said, I want to make it very clear that what I'm doing is right now with me goes against the grain with what I do with my clients. I just want to be very, very clear on that. Yeah. No, I think that's great because we have a lot of coaches who listen. So with that being said, I'm going to turn, I'm going to throw out a question that I got last night on IG with Jamie, and then we'll go through it and Sue, I'll let you go after me. But the question was, if you had a client and was going to give them their first ever cycle, like they were going to do it, what would you tell them to do? I, my gut was like knowing what I know now, I'd almost say throw the kitchen sink at it the first time <laughs> because you get, cause course, you, yeah. cause you get that, that exactly. like virgin response. And yeah. I'm like, I'm not saying do like a gram of test, a gram of trend 20, I use a GH, but I mean, I would probably do something a little saltier and I would, and my, 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 you know, my thoughts to it is you get that one virgin response. Like that one time I can remember doing shit and was just like, 20 milligrams of D ball at 18 years old. My last, my last month in high school, like I put like 20 pounds on overnight, you know, it was just by some guy giving it to me at the gym was like, Oh, you'll grow. <laughs> you know, <laughs> shit I did, you know? And um, so I kind of began my education in, in, in the steroids, but um, Jeff, if you were to have a client come to you and let's say they were natural competitor or just regular competitor and they're like, Hey, I'm going to go the dark side. They yeah. hired you for your help. Where would you go with them right out of the gate? 
Um, well, I guess I'll share, you know, my own story. When I first jumped into, you know, steroid use, I was 27 years old. So I'm 36 now. So 27, I would say, is a fairly later um, year to start compared to what I hear a lot of guys starting out now. I hear of kids like 17, 18, 19 years old starting on gear um, because they that want was me. Mr. Olympia. And, you know, when I started, um, I ran 250 milligrams of test sip per week. And I did that for a pretty long time. And then I experimented with like EQ and DECA and D-ball. Those are my first, um, first substances, I guess, or compounds that I used. And um, so with my clients now, you know, I have a couple guys on the team who are on TRT for medical reasons because they are, um, you know, low testosterone naturally. Um, so I have them working with, um, doctors who will prescribe their uh, testosterone use and they just run, you know, 125 milligrams a week. I have one guy doing 50 milligrams per week, 75. Um, that's the, the range that, um, you know, for TRT basically, um, 250, I would say is pushing it. Um, for guys who are looking for a first time cycle, I would say probably test sip, maybe some MPP or DECA. Um, maybe some D ball and EQ and that's it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend trend, you know, um, you know, halo tests and all these other more exotic orals. There's really no need for that. So test DECA EQ D ball. That's it. Dude. I got one guy that hit me up for a consultation. His first, he's 19 years old, 700 milligrams of trend a week. Uh, Ooh, wow. That's it. That's all he's taking. And I was like, no shit. How do you sleep at night? He's like, I mean, it's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> it, it, everyone can tolerate different doses. Yeah. Like trends really stressful on the body. Um, you know, your resting heart rate goes up. You don't sleep as well, but it's not as stressful to others. You know, everyone handles stress too, but it's, it's a yeah. stress. Yeah. 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 Jeff, I want to say one more thing. When, when, when we're talking about like a lot, a lot of stuff, like I know Skip doesn't want to talk specifics, so that's, that's fine. But in my mind, I just want to have the listeners hear this, right? In my mind, okay, when I think of a lot, like in terms of testosterone, I'm, a lot to me is like 15 milligra 1,500 milligrams or two grams of test per week, yeah. all right? A lot yeah. of EQ to me is like 1,400 milligrams of EQ per week. A lot to me about trend would be 700 milligrams per week of trend. And orals, any, anywhere from like 75 milligrams to 100 milligrams per day. That to me is crazy amounts. Now, if you want to go crazier than that, I haven't heard of it. <laughs> so, yeah, I've heard of some crazy insulin doses. Um, yeah, but I'd be interested to get into the the whys behind that one, knowing what I know about you know insulin resistance and so forth. Now, Scott, what about you, buddy? You get yourself a someone who wants the same thing. What are you telling them? What do you think? What are you recommending? And I'm boring nowadays. I'm really, really boring. When I first got into all this, I had, uh, I had helped people with cycles before I helped them with nutrition. And I was able to see a lot of people like carry these cycles out and see what their results were. And I used to get really specific with stuff. And I was like, okay, we're going to start these long esters and then we'll work these short esters in and then we'll switch to this. And then this is going to happen. And then you'll get this. And, uh, and then, you know, at 16 weeks, we're going to do this. And, and nowadays I'm just like, well, what do you have? What do you, what do you, what do you have available to you? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we can do a little bit of that. <laughs> you know, it's like, to it's me, I, once you understand like training and maximizing everything else, like, you yeah, know, yeah. You know. And that's the main thing that I try to 
get home to everybody. It's like if somebody comes to me and that they want to, uh, and I feel like this is a very non-sexy answer because I feel like if people are listening to this, especially if they see this podcast, they're like, let's tune in for the gear. It's like to me nowadays, and I think we talked about this a little bit on the last time I was on, is that I'm seeing how important the training is and I've always known how important the nutrition is, but I'm really seeing now how to, just the, the value of the training. And especially if you've been training for a little while. So if somebody came to me, the first thing I'd say is like, well, let's do this. Let's make sure that all the other aspects are good first in like really get, get progress. Like let's work on really getting progress. And then once they see that, if I tell them like, okay, now if we just add in, you know, 400 milligrams of test, you're going to blow up, you know? So I try to, I try to, I do keep it a little bit more moderate. I don't subscribe as much to like, you know, the hit it hard in the first cycle thing, which I, you know what, whether that's true, whether that works or not, I really, I don't know. I started, my first cycle was 15 milligrams of D ball. And granted, I started probably before I should have, and I gained like 20 pounds in four weeks. And now granted, yeah. that was not all muscle. No, like, any means. Yeah. But I didn't go back down to the weight I was before afterwards. I feel like I had to, I stayed like at least eight pounds heavier. So right. yeah, I'd say that like, it's, it's pretty boring. And nowadays, even with like contest prep, I'm a lot less particular about what we need. I might, you know, obviously I want to try to get to like toward hardeners in that case. And I wouldn't want to use those same hardeners that give more of that cosmetic look like they wouldn't be as appealing for me to suggest in an off season, you know, a guy that was just trying to gain some muscle, you know, I wouldn't be like, well, let's take, you know, Winstrel for your, for your first cycle to try to grow. But um, more or less, man, I feel like across the board, you take an anabolic, it's going to, it's going to help you grow. And, and they pretty much, they're a lot more similar than they are different. Yes. 100%. Skip, you got anything you want to chime in on that? Because you might get people, you probably get people who hit you up and just want to kind of go that route. And you have a lot of experience. Yeah, typically I think a first cycle of like check drops, super draw, Venaplex. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Like, probably like Halotest in yeah. like four night before. Oh, yeah. 50 mega Halotest for sure. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I mean, liver, from what I understand, they can grow liver tissue in a Petri dish now. So <laughs> it's not really that big a, you know. <laughs> no, you know, first cycle, I look, I would rather, as an example, um, I would rather start with something in the, um, you know, and, and this is obviously there's exceptions. It depends on the person or anything else. But, you know, typical middle of the road to really get a bang for your buck out of the first cycle, you know, three or 400 milligrams of tests and you know, 300 milligram of DECA, you're not yeah. going to go wrong with that. And I'd much no. rather put two compounds together for six or 700 milligram injectable than I would to do testosterone and throw in, you know, an anadrol or a D-ball. I, mm -hmm. I'm not a big oral guy, especially with beginners, because what comes will go. And there's a lot of water weight. And, I, you know, even when it comes to injectables, I'm a shorter ester guy. I want to keep the blood pressure down as much as possible, the water retention down as much as possible, things like that. So, you know, even when I say DECA, I'm not a big fan of DECA. I'd rather run something like NPP, uh, but yep. that's a personal thing. I combine my testosterones usually in a 50-50 ratio of SIP and probe instead of saying, ah, throw, you know, instead of throwing in all an ampe, I want to keep those esters shorter, you know, mm -hmm. when I can. So six, 700 milligram. I know some people say, wow, that's pretty big. It is. At the same time, you know, do you want to come up? I don't think it's reckless. At the same time, mm -hmm. do you want to come up short when you are hitting that first cycle you know duration is a big deal too i don't want to tell somebody on their first cycle run the cycle for eight weeks run that bitch 12 to 15 weeks get track of your blood markers yep. run it 16 18 weeks if everything looks good especially if you're young 
Yeah. The body's resilient when you're young. You can drink, you can get plastered, you can go and train the next day. When you're 50, you drink, you can't train for a fucking week. Very important. True, yeah. You know, the body doesn't recover as well and it's not as resilient. So there are a lot of factors there, but I, I'd probably be in that, you know, 600, 700 mig range for that first cycle, to be honest with you. Okay, so the reason I bring that up, do you guys remember an author by the name of Paul Borison? Do you guys remember all his cycles he wrote? The 30-day blast? You, like, blasted for 30 days? Oh, yeah, yeah, 30 yeah. Days. He had, like, the wet stack. So I remember I got this when I was, like, 20 years old. And I went on, like, a hunting spree, drove from Portland, Oregon, down to Tijuana, and just bought, like, a <laughs> bunch of shit, came back. And, like, I remember within the first week, I was so sick from all the injections Ugh. I didn't understand it. So just to put this perspective, he <laughs> talks so toxic, dude. Dude, yeah, no shit. I was probably I'm, that's probably why I'm never gonna get COVID because like of what I injected in my body from Tijuana. <laughs> but um, they were like, it was like take a thousand milligrams of Sustanon the first seven days, and then you move to uh, Sipinate the next seven days, and then you rotate it to Propanate. And the goal was you did these 28 days, like. There are some of them, they're like the wet, wet stack that put like 50, 50 pounds on your ass. And, and your babies through the dude, roof. So I guess it's out there. Not like you can still Google that stuff because it was brought to me by a member of my gym was just kind of like, hey, I was thinking about doing a cycle, but it seems really excessive. I'm like, well, have you ever done it before? <laughs> He's like, no, I've, ne- I've only done like uh, pro hormones. I'm like, well, yeah, uh, you definitely don't want to do that one. So and it reminds me, I remember my early bodybuilding I used to try to get my hands on anything possible that discovered anabolics because it was all like muscle mag magazines and pump back in the days. They were like really great at kind of like underlying that steroids were like the big thing for what caused the bodybuilders. Not so much nutrition, do your four sets of eight to 12, but really the gear was the big difference, you know? Um, and so with that being said, I actually had a question because it came to me from one of my coaches. And I thought it'd be cool to post to all of us. Where did you guys each educate yourself on steroids, like through different sites, through books, obviously personal experience because we all compete. Um, but with that being said, Jason, I'm going to throw it to you on that one. Well, um, I was 34 before I touched anything. I mean, I, I waited a really long time. Um, and so I did a ton of reading. Um, I would read a lot of stuff at muscular development boards, uh, skips board, intense muscle, professional muscle um i read dan duquesne's books um he's 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 a bit nutty but i I read those um and then i would talk to guys you know i had a lot of friends at the gym who had been doing it for years um and i just wasn't ready and my body was still making gains and i was able to always get shredded so it just wasn't something i went to right away um but yeah i did a lot of reading on boards um talking just picking the brains of other bodybuilders and then a few books so um i think it's really important though to kind of know have a nice base knowledge of what you're doing um be before you you start absolutely scott what about you yeah i started on the boards as well probably probably some of the same boards that you were on jason and you know professional muscle there's another one outlaw muscle that i went to a lot and then I went to a, a UK board. So that's kind of where I got the foundation. And then after that, I started working with a local coach. Uh, his name was Rick Wetmore. Still good friends with the guy. He, um, he didn't charge me either. I met him on a message board. And it turned out we lived in the same area. And I wanted to do my first show. And he was, I just recently told the story on one of the podcasts. He said, uh, 
he's like, well, if you want to meet me up at Farmington Hills Powerhouse, you know, we can, uh, I can take a look at you, give you some suggestions. If you want, you know, I'll write a diet for you. So I, then I go and I'm like, yeah, this couldn't go wrong. I, I go to meet a guy that I met online to go in the locker room, take my clothes off in front of him. <laughs> and it did go well. It went well. So, it, but, but I guess what my point is, is that he uh, and his best friend uh, both were uh, national level guys and they both worked with Dave Palumbo. And so I kind of learned Dave's ideas. So I listened to Dave on his podcast and I'll say podcast, like the early podcast that Dave did, he used to talk a lot about gear. And so I learned a lot about how he would do things and I learned what he would suggest to the public. And then I learned how that varied when he applied that to the individual, you know, because what you say, you know, it's like, it's, it's, if you just say, Hey, this is what a good cycle is that may kind of change depending on the person, you know, there's, it's, it's like, that's, that's the cookie cutter version. But then there's also like, when you actually apply it to someone's life, things can change, you know, how you adjust clen might change, you know, stuff like that. And so then I started to see like what, what the real world application was once I started working with Rick and then, and then it just kind of took off from there and I started to educate people. And then through that, I started getting a lot of questions. I'm sure like you guys have. And then that made me have to do more research so that I could answer all the questions I had and understand them in a way that I could then, you know, explain things back to people. So yeah, that that was pretty much the nutshell of it. It was a combo of internet and then real world and then combining those two things together. Skip, that was us. We talked about that in the last blood, sweat and gear, didn't we? Yep. It was. Sue, what about you? Because I want to round out the skip because I'm going to pepper him here in a minute back to back. Yeah. Um, well, my, my journey into discovering testosterone began because I was diagnosed with low T naturally. And I remember my levels when I was 18 years old, it was 180 nanograms per deciliter. And I just didn't feel right. And I, and it, I just felt like something was wrong with my hormones. I just knew. And so a lot of my early education actually came from doctors and endocrinologists who ran a whole bunch of tests. You know, they, they put you through the gamut before they actually will prescribe you something. And at the end, I was pre- prescribed androgel, which is a uh, topical um, uh, like gel that you put on. And I noticed when I was using that, I started losing hair because of the higher DHT conversion when it's through the skin. And I was like, no, 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 no fuck this. Like, I'm just going to go injectable because that's the best route based off of what I read. And a lot of the reading I did was on forums like all of you, RX Muscle, Get Big, Professional Muscle, Bodybuilding.com, MISC Forums, horrible place for advice, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I linked up with Jason because Jason saw me posting my, my pictures on uh, professional muscle and he was like, yo, let me help you for a year. You're lost. And, um, <laughs> yeah. so I was lucky to yeah, link up with someone. Yeah. Like yourself, Jason, who was already very well educated at the time and kind of steered me towards that, um, that path. Because I know in our early conversations, I was really concerned with like losing my hair and like getting cancer or something like all this stuff that you know potentially could happen and um funny story um i also talked to some guys at the gym okay like we all do and i was invited over to this guy's apartment where he was gonna sell me some stuff okay he, he wanted to sell me a bottle of test sip for 175 bucks oh god and i bought it i bought it it's all a sucker <laughs> pulls, out, pulls out this kitchen drawer it was still okay? the best supplement purchase you ever made to that point like you still put out more muscle than anything this else. guy pulls out a drawer in his kitchen in his kitchen okay and it's just like random syringes and needles like just in the drawer like they're not even in wrappers and i was like what is all this stuff he goes yeah you know i save money i don't want to buy this stuff all the time so he just like wipes off a needle 
and then puts it on a syringe, draws out and injects himself. And he shows me how to do it. And he throws a needle back into the <laughs> kitchen drawer. And I was like, no, nah, I'm probably not going to take advice from these guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's like that client who was like in his kitchen, ready to draw his own blood out. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I already roasted that kid on a prior episode. He listened yeah. to it. He, he took it well though. Hey, no, I know he took it well. He reached out to me and said he was famous on here. I was like, yeah, because that was a great story. I've never heard someone tying their arm off in their kitchen. I'm ready to go at it. <laughs> like, um, Do I just collect this in a kitchen bag or what? Like, it yeah. yeah so, it, was, it was a crazy journey learning about all this stuff. Skip, you're the most veteran, the most senior, and the most sexy of the five of us. How did it start for you? Because you have over 35 years working out, like, and you're one of the OGs. You know, you have like an OG um, message board, which you're bringing back um, with intense muscle that's active. Kind of give me a little bit of that info and for our audience as well, how it started back in, the, in those days. Well, I was 16. So 1986 as a sophomore in high school. And uh, basically... I had seen Tony Mandrich at that time was with Michigan State and I lived in Michigan. I was born and raised there. And I did this big, uh, I don't know, expose or whatever on all the things he was taking. And it was this long laundry list of things. You have to understand too, in 1986, I mean, you didn't have the benefit of internet or anything else. The only information I was getting at that time was basically from flex and muscle and fitness. And obviously they weren't talking about steroids. So it was a lot of uh, just in the gym underground stuff and no one wants to talk to a 16 year old kid, you know, about steroids. It was still, even though it was not illegal in the sense that, you know, they hadn't passed the Anabolic Steroid Act in 1991, you, you just, you didn't get, the meatheads wouldn't talk to you about things like that. So it was very difficult to get information. I, I, think that Jeff's story is cool because I had a similar one where I went to Western Michigan University, some friend of a friend who uh, was going to sell me a bottle of Sipinate, and he opened his dorm desk drawer and there were just a handful of bottles rolling around in there and he gave me my first injection of my glue. Uh, you know, didn't know the guy or anything else, but I tell you what, <laughs> I was so pumped and so excited that I was beside myself. So from there, it was just it was just trying to piece things together it was it was trying to find the the people that i you know the big guys in the gym that i could kind of buddy up with and get some you know information from but it was few and far between so i would say when i got on the message boards right around 2000 maybe 1999 um i started to pick up a lot more knowledge at that time i mean i had friends and stuff that were competitors and i had competed but still, the internet was the, you know, the biggest change as far as the amount of information out there. It's kind of funny because being an older guy, sometimes I just want to grab the young guys and go, you just don't know how good you've got it. Yes, there's a lot of shitty information. Don't get me wrong. But there's so much good information that I would rather at 16 or 18 or 20 years old had to sift through a ton of information to figure out what was good and what wasn't versus having zero information. So, you know, you, you young guys, if you're listening, you got it good, quit your fucking complaining and be glad that there's a shit ton of information out there, not just on gear, but on training, nutrition and everything else. See, back in my day, everybody wasn't an expert. Hmm. Everybody didn't think they fucking knew everything. And if you ask the guy in the gym, the big guy about training or something, maybe if, it, if you didn't ask, 
he would tell you, hey, you know, if you do it this way, you know, you're going to get huge. And you'd be like, oh, thanks, man. You try to help somebody out now, and they're going to look <laughs> at you like, bitch, please. My bro told me, and I saw this on Instagram, and it's just not even worth saying anything anymore. And that's a giant tangent that Scott's looking at me going, oh, shit, here we go. So I'm not going to go <laughs> off on it. But oh, I want to get in that a completely different time. Yeah, no. And so with that being said, is what made you resurrect intense muscle? Because I was getting a lot of feedback. First, it's my baby. I mean, it was such a hub of information and such a popular place for so long. And, you know, we always kept the bandwidth high, the you know, videos, the information, the pictures, a lot of times they'll archive and older boards and, and we don't have that. So all that information is still there. And even though the traffic isn't great um, as far as interaction, there still was always a high amount of traffic for people just simply looking for information, okay, instead of posting and interacting, even when it, you know, had died off. So, you know, I spoke with a lot of the older demographic, uh, you know, on social media for a handful of months saying, look, you guys complain about, you know, social media like I do, that there's not this sense of community there's not this dialogue uh, like you could talk about something in a topic but once it's discussed you can't come back to it you can't reference it later and they agreed with me that the older demographic misses the format of the message boards uh, so you know i said hey if i if i go and put this effort and this time into resurrecting test muscle again would you be interested and that was right before covid you know the timing in hindsight was kind of funny because a lot of interest there, you know, I printed a bunch of shirts and just kind of got it going again and people buying them left and right. And then we slipped into the COVID mess. Nobody can train. So, you know, people were coming on, but it wasn't, you know, I didn't get the rush that I had. So now that the gyms are starting to open back up, you know, I'm hoping that we're going to, you know, we're going to pick up and it's going to continue to get popular and we'll just see. I mean, again, to a lot of people, it's an antiquated, you know, way to communicate at the same time for us older guys. That's what we're used to. We like the sense of community and the back and forth exchange that you can go back and reference at any point. You go search something and come up with it. You can't do that on Facebook or something like that. Mm -hmm. So would you encourage any of our listeners to get on your site? Um, coaches, all of them, what kind of information would they find? No, definitely not. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> That's like bullshit. No, Don't go there. That's the fucking five yeah, weeks out attitude. That. Yeah, it is. <laughs> now, I appreciate you uh, bringing that up, but absolutely. I mean, check out IntenseMuscle.com. I think you'd be surprised that, you know, Jason, Jason was there before he was Jason Theobald, badass bodybuilders, the newbie, you know, the Shelbys, the Dusty Henshaws, the, the Don't Dante's. forget me, motherfucker. I mean, Shelby was in. There's yeah. a lot of, you know, uh, Mountain Dog, same thing. I mean, that's back when he was having all of his health problems and uh, mm -hmm. no one had any idea who Mountain Dog was. Um, tons. I, you know, Phil Heath was posting on there when he turned pro. Not a ton, but he was there. There's, there's um, you know, one of the big draws of intense muscle was and still is, it was a zero tolerance for any type of disrespect or what we call trolling. If you were trolling, you know, I was and and still consider I'm the HNIC, and if it's it's basically my house, and if you don't like it, I don't care who you are, get the fuck out, and that helped people want to come there because they knew they didn't have to deal with the bullshit that the rest of the boards like get big and stuff. Shit. I, I still tell this story. I refuse. I never have gone to get big. 
they would try to pull me over. They would Photoshop cocks in my wife's mouth and family oh pictures wow. to try to get me. And it was funny. I brought up to my wife one day. I'm like, look, I'm just being honest with you. you know, this is what mm -hmm. happened. And she waited for a second. She kind of scowled and she goes, but was it a good picture of me? <laughs> like, yeah, that's a good picture. She didn't give a fuck. You know, it's kind of funny that they were looking for that reaction and couldn't get it. But that's how desperate, wow. you know, the trolling can get sometimes. And we didn't have to put up with that. So, yeah, definitely check it out. I want to get it going again. And, you know, the younger generation, they may well scoff at it. But I tell you, they're missing out on a ton of training and nutrition. Because keep in mind, even though we have a gear form, that was later in the intense muscle years. We had a rule that we were that we were zero gear talk. It was all about training, nutrition, and supplementation until probably only five or six years ago. And honestly, uh, being again, just being completely transparent, the only reason I put it in was because I saw that form of, of communication or the message boards itself starting to die off. And I thought that it may help to either prolong it or to get more interest, and it didn't. Yeah. So... Yeah, no, that's some sad stuff on that one. But I'm a big supporter. I love the website, in all honesty. I post on there, I and I'm trying to share it. So I wanted to get it out there because we have a lot of coaches who listen who I would encourage them to go there because there is a lot of stuff that they can search from over decades. What, about two decades worth? Well, and it's a big deal for a coach because you can interact with potential clients. I mean, put mm -hmm. your knowledge out there. Put your experience out there. And – you know, it, it can help your business. If the, if the site is going to grow, you pull your clients over there, you know, that sort of thing. It's, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot of information there. Definitely. Yeah, no. And that's why I wanted to pimp it a little bit because it's a safe place in today's non-safe world or whatever right. you want to say to be able to find stuff. The last question, we actually have two, but I'm going to skin it down to this last one. And Scott, I'm throwing it to you first. All right. What is your definition of a true TRT dose? Ooh. Yeah, we just I just had a, a guy on one of the shows today. We did a, a, a TRT topic. That's something that's kind of e evolving for me. And I, I honestly I don't have I don't have a definitive answer at this moment. I can tell you that I ran I ran what like a bro TRT for a, a, a year there, maybe maybe seven months, and I was a little bit on the higher side, you know. And, and I ended up having high hematocrit as a result of that. And I didn't feel the greatest. And I see, you know, maybe that was a little bit much. There was a time I would tell you, this is so, as you can tell, this is something I'm trying to redefine in my life right now. There was a time I would tell you that like being at the, the highest level that you could handle, being at the top, the top end of range was like a good place to be. I guess it's going to be different for everyone. You know, if you had naturally high testosterone, you know, there's, there's guys that have all sorts of levels of test and that they're comfortable at different levels. And I've known people that, you know, be middle of the road and that their libido is good and that they feel good and that their health markers are all good, you know, and it's like maybe, maybe that's a, a, a true TRT dose for them. I mean, there's the other argument too, like the, are, what, are the, what are the ranges? Are they, are they even valuable to us anymore? Because the ranges keep changing and that they're coming down and, you know, what used to be low test is now considered normal. So, you know, I, I don't know if I necessarily have an answer for this one. Uh, more so I have just more questions. Uh, and should we even be using an AI at this point? You know, there, I see the school of people saying that, like, don't ever use an AI. You don't need it. And then I see the school of people saying that, well, if you're on a, a good, healthy dose of test for you, 
then you won't need to block estrogen because you won't have as much conversion. You know, there's that ratio there and that you should be good. So like I said, I just have more, more questions than I do answers. So that's something that, you know, I, I want to maybe raise more questions than just give like a definitive, this is what it is. But for me, um, for me, I still haven't figured it out either, I guess, you know, like I said, I was running the higher TRT dose and I, I brought it down, but now I'm, I'm definitely up above TRT at this point. I don't know what my actual levels are, but taking about eh, twice as much as what people might consider TRT at the moment with my, my little, my growth phase that I'm in here. Um, so th- I guess I'd have to get back to you on that one. I'll look forward to hearing everybody else has to say on it though. No, I love that honesty. Cause I I'm like right there with you on that one. I'm like, it leads me to more questions than ever does answer. So, uh, Sue, you want to take this one? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, like right now, you know, I am, you know, going into a cruise phase because I have been blasting, uh, since February and, um, I feel like it's time to dial it back for about eight weeks. So I'm going to be running, um, just 250 milligrams, 250 per week of test sips split into 125 and 125 on Tuesdays and Fridays. And will I be running an AI? No. And I think Scott, you and I chatted about this before. Yeah. Instagram and and I told you that even in my heaviest cycles I don't really subscribe to using an AI because I don't really get that conversion or or any symptoms of uh, high estrogen yeah. and the most I'll do is add a little bit of masteron into it which um, you know can can combat estrogen that's what I do 300 milligrams of uh, masteron to do that or or less which was shocking um, at your cycle dose you know that yes, was yes. that's that's pretty he's a he's a unique guy Jason wouldn't you say yeah. you you've worked with him you've seen his levels and stuff yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, his so, labs stay pretty healthy and, and snap back pretty easy and all those different things. Yeah, and I've done some crazy stuff, and I will I will yeah, go and say that. I didn't I, I really want to have. <laughs> I'm curious. This is not curious Jason, guy, this is not Jason <laughs> telling me to do it, but, you know, I've, I've done like 1,500 milligrams of tests. I've done the 700 milligrams of trend per week, and uh, it never really seems to, like, you know, kill my, my, my labs that much. Um but um, like, like, like Scott, you were saying, a lot of it's like individuals. So you're going to have to titrate things based off of how someone's feeling. So you can't just say, okay, well, this number is going to put you at this level. Yeah. That should be great for everybody. It's not a blanket statement that you can make. So some guys might feel great at, you know, their levels being 500. Some might feel great at 800. And the dose would need to be titrated uh, appropriately. And different people convert differently, aromatize differently. So you can't just say, okay, well, if you take 100 milligrams per week, if you multiply that by the standard five, you're going to get a level of this. Um, that doesn't always hold true. So it's all individualistic. Skip. I want your wisdom. CRT dosing. By definition, and I understand there are a lot of variables and, you know, the numbers may not be right and they may be changing, but, you know, as long as, if you want to be at the high end of, and this is what I did for five years. I mean, in 2013, I had started having blood issues and did the right thing, decided to come off cycle and was just going to do TRT. And I was very, uh, I feel, relatively successful with it in the sense that I wasn't building tissue at that point, but I was holding an awful lot of what I had accumulated over the years. And it took me about 210 milligrams per week of testosterone sipinate to be able to maintain roughly an 11, 1150 um, test blood level uh, for testosterone. So to me, it's kind of like the definition of natural 
um, you know, you're either natural or you're not. And you're either on TRT or you're not. As far as not creating a gray area, very black and white is, look, if you're out of the ranges that are set, if you're higher than the range, then I don't consider it TRT. Now, are there different levels that someone could function better at 1500 than 1100 or 800 better than 1100? Absolutely. But I think you have to be within those known parameters or below 1100 to be able to consider your dosing TRT. That's just me being black and white. I 100% agree with that. I like that way of saying it. Jason, I'm going to send it we to you to finish this. We out of it that way. Yeah, no. And I, I, you know what I mean? I, mm -hmm. No, I agree with that. Because um, otherwise people are going to be like, oh, you know, you're at 250. And some people are different. They can run 250. Some people can run, you know, 175. And it can put them at the same, you know, one person at the 1100 blood level. And the other one, I was going to, you know, my argument has always been with clients too is go high first. Get a, a if you're going to go TRT, get a doctor. Because sometimes it's getting better, but not all TRT doctors. First, you're not going to get everybody every doctor that's going to want to put you on TRT, it's getting better to understand that, but still, there's still doctors that'll battle you. Get not only a doctor who will prescribe TRT, but who is willing to go to the high end. And the argument is, look, if the, if the numbers are 400 to 1100, then don't tell me I need to be at 700. I want to be at 1100. Even if you don't want to be there, if you're getting a TRT doctor, at least get one who is open to dosing you higher because you may want to go higher and then you're going to be like oh shit okay i finally got a TRT doctor now you won't take me up any higher and you know what you're going to do half of us are going to just dose it ourselves 100 <laughs> you know, we got our trt script and now we're just going to push it up ourselves because you know a bottle of sips 40 dollars from a quality source i mean it is what it is so uh you know give me that give me that email when you're up to the show skip <laughs> yeah it's good it's good price Show notes, Jeff. Show notes. <laughs> um, Jason, I'm gonna send it to you to round this out. And then we'll let them give their call signs of Maverick and Goose before we you know. Depart. A lot of, of everything's already been said. I mean, you know, what I'm gonna recommend if someone you know truly wants a TRT dosage, it's gonna be somewhere between 150 to 200 migs, um, and I'm gonna go there. Um, but I'm going to look at labs and see how well they respond. I mean, I've seen guys at 200 not really respond that great to it. And you've got to bump it up to get, you know, at least like Skip was saying, if you're going to run it, like be optimal, like be maximized, like, you know, 1200 on a lot of the labs is, is the high end. So let's get you to 1200. And some guys just don't convert as well. And they, they don't, you know, maybe they have low SHBG or what's going on with them, but you know, and all these things to be fixed. But if you're not optimized, but you're taking it, then I'm going to push up. But I usually start at 200. If a guy's not working with a doctor and, you know, we're going back and forth on cruise cycles and different things, I'm going to go around 200. And if we look at labs about six weeks, we might learn that he needs a little bit more to just be kind of optimal when he's in those periods. But a lot of people, for me, I started at 200. I cringe when I see like these things where doctors are giving like their patients a hundred migs, one shot every 10 days. And yeah. I'm like, okay, great. So now you're high for like four days and now you're freaking low again the last, mm -hmm. you know, nine, 10 days. Um, I try to get, you know, my clients understand it's better to like maximize it, try to get to 200 out of the doctor and then let's do a hundred migs, maybe, you know, Monday and Thursday to keep blood levels more, you know, level and not the spikes, you know, that, that you're getting. And a lot of times if you do that, then you, you might not need a, you know, ADEX or anything like that. And that's very individual as well. Like Sue said, he doesn't really need it. Um, I, I can get away with just a half a milligram, um, 
a week on 200 MIGs, and that keeps me at around 30, 35 for estradiol. Um, so, you know, that's where I'm at with it. Um, I kind of look at labs and see where things need to go. And um, I do work with an HRT clinic too for my clients who yeah. just, you know, want that route and that route only. So, Jeff, I want to add one thing here in terms of optimization. So obviously with the, with the doses, you want to optimize how you feel, right? So mentally, emotionally, physically, right? These are clinical signs that you want to look for. A couple other things you want to look for, especially if you're 40 years old or 40 years and up, is like keep an eye on your PSA, your prostate. Uh, keep an eye on your cholesterol, LDL, HDL total, and your hematocrit. You want to make sure that that doesn't go above like, I think it's like 50%. You're getting up into 54, 55. You want to uh, revisit your dose. So in terms of optimization, you want to, like, again, optimize how you feel, how you look, but also these other health factors because testosterone does carry a higher risk of jacking those areas up and, and kind of messing with that a little bit. So be careful with that, especially if you're four year old. I'm going for blood work next Wednesday. I haven't had it done in a very long time and I'm only on 160 milligrams of test and I've only been on that for like six weeks. I just wanted to kind of strip everything out to see what my blood work looked like. So I'll be curious when I get those results and probably explain why I'm an emotional wreck lately. Um, but guys, uh, Maverick Goose, uh, Skip, do you want to give us your call sign about where everyone can find you, pimp intense muscle and all that real quick? Definitely. Intensemuscle.com, of course. Uh, coach and columnist at Elite FTS. So my articles and my coach logs, my weekly coach logs are at EliteFTS.com. Uh, you know, always buy nutrition, true nutrition, team skip, you know, protein, uh, along with the awesome sponsor supplements that you got there too for your new sponsor. Uh, what am I missing? I'm sure I'm missing a lot. Hit me up on social media. Say, hey. Do you ever Absolutely. do any other podcasts or anything, Skip? <laughs> no. No. Nope, he, this one. This he, five weeks. I can't remember. I'm, I got a fog <laughs> in my head right now, dude. Blood, sweat, and gear, of course. Absolutely. I kind of like to push. I like to poke at Skip. I, 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 try to, I try to know when to pull back, though, because I know that he's only a few weeks up from the show. Hey, man, I enjoyed that night. I came on BSG <laughs> with you guys. That was pretty fun. <laughs> I have to admit, I enjoyed that combo. We got to do it again. Uh, we do. Scott, you want to give everyone your ways to get a hold of you, all the podcasts you're a part of, and all the great work you do? Just go over if you guys want to check out you know, more of what Skip and I do. Skip and I have a podcast, guys, in case you didn't, in case you didn't know. Uh, it's, uh, that's, it, it's one of many shows that we do either at advicesradio.com or you can search Advices Radio on your favorite podcast app. And then everything is on YouTube now. I know a lot of people like to watch the videos. And so that's at the Think Big Bodybuilding Media uh, channel on YouTube. And we have this week, we have five shows this week. We tried to put out a lot of stuff. A lot of, you know, we've done a lot of gear related stuff. So if anybody had further, you know, questions, you wanted us to explore more of that side, we'd be happy to, but we've done a lot. We've leaned more to like a lot more of the training thing, I think in the last couple of years now, but you know, we cover it all. We'd be happy to have anybody over who wants to check us out. No, man, absolutely. That's why I wanted to bring you guys on because we do have these questions. I wanted to bring, you know, two individuals who know their shit about this, but also routinely talk about it, have done stuff, podcast and videos, X, Y, Z on it to be able to kind of give their views and so forth, rather than just the three of us, because we get boring after a little bit. Sue's just boring. He just lays on his back. So. <laughs> Hey, my hair looks awesome on my back. Fuck yeah, it does. <laughs> that was a good comeback, buddy. But, um, but guys, thank you for joining us again, and we really appreciate it. Definitely. All right. Thank you for yeah, having me. Bye-bye.